Hey, what's up, everybody? It's DG. I'm so excited to drop some brand new stuff for you. Uh, behind the scenes, the last couple of weeks, we've been working on a brand new show. It is all on video. Uh, we're going to drop the audio here as well, but you should definitely go check it out. Uh, it is called Coffee with the CMO. I kind of stole this idea from uh, Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. But I thought it'd be fun if I went out and sat down with a bunch of you know, the best CMOs out there to not talk about, hey, you know, you went to this school and then you did this thing, but I want to know what's really happening, what's really going on in their lives, in their teams. And I wanted to feel like, you know, you were sitting with us at a coffee shop or a fly on the wall and got to hear some stuff that you might not have otherwise heard. So I'm super excited. It was kind of like, it was an idea that we just had and we just went out and did it and I couldn't be happier with how it turned out. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be dropping all those episodes and I'm going to turn it into a, into a regular thing. So I can't wait to show you all this one. Uh, the very first episode is with Joe Chernov. He is the CMO at Insight Squared. He was at HubSpot. He was at Eloqua. He was at Convey. Um, Joe is actually my boss, and I've gotten to know Joe really well over the last couple of years. He's a super interesting guy, so it was really fun to have him be the first guest, go for a walk, and get a coffee with him. We talked about uh, interview techniques. We talked about micromanaging, how he measures his team, and really just whatever's going on in his mind in marketing. I really enjoyed this conversation with Joe, and so I'm super excited to drop that for you here on Seeking Wisdom. Uh, you can go check out all of the video. I would definitely recommend you going and checking that out. It's up on YouTube. You'll see it on Instagram, on Twitter. Basically, anywhere Drift is online, we'll have this video if you want to go check out the full video. But all the audio is here as well, so you can listen in the car, at the gym, on the go. So here it is, the very first episode of Coffee with a CMO with Joe Chernoff. I'm like, I'm a fool right. for doing the right thing right. because the right thing doesn't ultimately suit me. Right. So I say, like, at times I'm in conflict. Joe CMO and Joe generic executive are in conflict. Yeah. And generally I try to side with Joe generic executive because yeah. it's more often than yeah. not the right thing to do. Well, cause it's also hard, like, it's hard to get up there and, like, look like you missed the metric and be like, no, no, but look at all this other stuff we You're did. Like, making excuses. I'd rather have those conversations, like, hit the number you were supposed to do and and then talk about how we should change the way we do it. I was like, the cost of empowerment. Let's, let's, let's look at micromanaging versus empowerment, yep. right? Mm -hmm. The cost of empowerment is paid in decisions that weren't the ones you would have made, right? And, and you've got to be able to come to terms with the fact that, like, I'm going to give up some decisions that um, aren't what I would have wanted. Mm -hmm. And But in exchange for that, you get a more motivated employee that's mm -hmm. going to generate more work. Yep. Uh, they're going to be a better addition culturally because they're going to be happier. Yep. And you're going to get more throughput. Yep. So if you have 5% of decisions are decisions you disagree with, who cares? Let's talk about, let's talk about interviews. You're talking about interviewing people? Yeah. Is that what you want oh, to talk about? No, um, like this kind of interview. Oh, you want to talk about this kind of interview? Tell me. Um, so, yeah. I have thoughts on this too. I am. Uh, I think interviewing people is a skill. 
Yeah. And I think it's an overlooked skill. Uh-huh. And I don't mean hiring people, but like this sort of okay. interview. And okay. And as marketing gets more casual, like yeah. business marketing yeah. gets more casual. Yeah. And it's more about like brand and yeah. people. Right? Uh-huh. Um, I think that a lot of good ideas get blown in the last mile because like the marketing person says, well, I, you know, I get to interview them. Do you ever feel like you go and do interviews with people and you're like, you're like this is, this is awful? Like, I feel like most people that what they do is they say they have their five questions. Like, I have my five questions. I'm going to ask Joe Turner. No matter what he no says. No matter what he says, yeah. right? And then what they do is like the second you answer that is then they go next question on the next question was like the real stuff, which is like why I wanted to do this and try this interview series is because I just want to have a conversation and see what comes out of it and like. The real good interviews, I think, are when it actually is a conversation. It's not an interview when it comes back. You know? And so, like, with, with, the, with the people that you're inviting to participate, yeah. like, you can sort of go wherever that conversation is going to go. Sure. But if you're sitting down with somebody that's, like, a scientist mm. or an entertainer, yeah. like, you have such limited yeah. domain knowledge yeah. that you can't just take it where they no. take it. And that's why a professional journalist that like does the research mm. and has a background to be able to adapt is why you that's and knows why you that talent. that's a good point and knows the space right like yeah it's I think from Rolling Stone to interview because right? they can know hey yeah that thing that you did in 96 yeah. like that was interesting I thought you meant interviewing people this is a better topic yeah I think that's important for like and then going forward it, as a skill in marketing like that's very underrated there's going to be more podcasts there's going to be more video interviews there's going to be more blog interviews like the Everyone has done, I mean, you've been doing this for a bunch of years now. Like, I could probably go and Google, there's probably 55 questions with Joe Chernov type of interviews out there. Like, but you can't pretty just, much next question, next question. You next can't question. do, you can't do that format. Yeah. What, let's talk about forms versus, con, for, let's talk about forms. You had a tweet. What did your tweet say? This was last night. Do you remember what it said? I don't like to say You're a prolific tweeter, by the way. Yeah, but I think like when, yeah, but like, like used to. I don't think anybody even mm, wants to converse anymore. Not anymore. Twitter was because I remember you used to have this uh, you used to have this tweet pinned to your Twitter profile that was like the best time to call me is email. You know that was a subtweet. <laughs> the funny thing is that was a subtweet. Like We're, somebody called me and he was like kind of hammering me to try to. Sell. When's the best time? And he, and I responded in email and I said. Dude, the best time to call me is email. <laughs> and then I wrote him again. I said, hey, I'm sorry. I'm going to do this, but I'm going to subtweet you right now. <laughs> so I gave him a heads I remember up. that was pinned. It had like you know thousands and thousousands of retweets. I love that. Oh, there's the t-shirt design. Uh, tweets and replies. Let's see. I feel like when you, I just feel like when you tweet, you're like thinking about it. You know, I just, I'm like, just say what. Okay. You said, um, somebody was talking about forms. You said the form is the symptom the problem is a lead-centric or lead-only KPI for marketing departments. Again, show me how I'm measured, and I'll show you how I behave. Yeah, so that was Tom Wentworth. He yeah. was saying something that was very pro-drift, so that's why you noticed it, right? <laughs> yeah, no, he tagged me in it. He said, oh, companies spend hundreds of thousands on the CMS and design just to drive someone to the same old tired felt this form. Yeah, that could have been a drift um, ad. I yeah, wonder what a conversation... I knew you liked that one. Yeah. So he said, or conversation only at drift at Gerhardt. And before I could even chime in, you responded. So, yeah, I covered you there. Yeah, thank you. Look, my point is, I say, show me how I measure, I'll show you how I behave a lot. And um, I think that's a thing that doesn't get talked about enough, which is like, why do you do what you do? Because look at what you're being held accountable for. Like, most bad performers, uh, 
a, a meaningful percentage of bad performers are likely bad performers because they they've been no, given the wrong incentives. Or, or they have no clear metric for yeah. a thing that they own. Yeah. And so I'd rather almost give somebody no clear metric than the wrong one. Mm. And so like, I, we were talking about this where yeah. I have um, four, should I go into this again? Yeah, 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 yeah right. please, because who knows what the audio is. Okay. So we were talking about this before. I have, I look at what I do for marketing, it may vary from company to company, but like me at Insight Squared, I do four things. I try to generate demand. Yep. Okay. Yep. I also take care of our customers yep. and try to keep our customers happy, keep them longer, mm-hmm. you know, turn them into advocates. Okay. So customer marketing. Yep. I have a brand to take care of. Yep. And part and parcel to brand is a community around that brand. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then the third is. I, you know, it's sort of like a magician knows what card you're going to pull from the deck. Like, I know where we're going to take the business in the future. Right. And so there's message seeding. Yeah. There's... Um, Teaching people about future stuff that you sort might of launch. grooming and, yeah. that makes mm-hmm. the uh, market more receptive mm-hmm. to future product introduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so these are the things you try to do. Yeah. But all of my metrics are around demand creation. Or like you can do, you had one, two, three, four. You could be really good at two, three, four, but if you're not good at the first one, you're probably not keeping your job. Like You're definitely not keeping your job. <laughs> right. You know, okay. you'll never have a chance to show Ever. the other ones. Yeah. And so and and so like, you know, just be really basic here. Yeah. Do I put twenty five percent budget, twenty five percent budget, twenty five, twenty five? No. No. Uh, and so you starve these things yeah. at the expense of this. Yep. And is this the only thing that matters? Yeah. No. Does it even matter disproportionately to the others? You could argue no. Mm-hmm. Especially in a venture backed business where um, the the revenue is not the primary need mm-hmm. when you have funding. Like mm-hmm. look like, look at Drip. Mm-hmm. You guys are doing an awesome job on the branding, mm-hmm. and that's going to pay off later, mm-hmm. right? That's where you're going to get the acceleration, right? Where, right. um, it's not, yeah, that's an important point. It's not like um, you and I started a company and it's self-funded, and if we don't hit our revenue goal this month, we, we are not going to make payroll. Yeah. Of course, we don't want to miss that, but it's still like the, the, the runway is you know, years, not a week, right? You know, you yeah. look, we talked about uh, HubSpot and the blog, yeah. right? Like that's where those guys had unbelievable foresight, yep. right? Mike, Darmesh, yep. and Brian. Yep. Uh, if they... Yep. Uh, if if they took that block yep. and on day one or on day you know, 90, tried to use that blog as a way to spam people, um, their subscriber list, and tried to take their blog subscribers and sell them stuff overnight, right. they would have strip-mined that asset. Mm-hmm. They played it cool, mm-hmm. right? They let it grow for years. Mm-hmm. And then they had an asset and they had something that was a moat. It was mm-hmm. an unfair advantage. And they knew enough to not strip mine it. When we started the sales blog, I remember talking to Mike about what metrics we needed to hit yeah. before we thought about commercializing the blog. Yeah. Like, like turning it into lead gen and having... But give, for a while, just yeah. build an audience. Yeah. And um, you know, nobody knows that better than Mike. Yeah. And so what, what, were, what was your goal? Like when you launched a sales blog, was it traffic? At first, it was traffic. No leads. Who, who cares about we, leads we, right now? We didn't put, you know, show me how measure, show me how behave. If we put a lead gen KPI yeah. on it, yeah. what are we going to do? We're going to jam forms into it. Yep. We wanted to build an audience that we could monetize later. Yep. So how does that apply to, you said some of this stuff earlier, which is like, you, what you're measured on today, it's not, it's not leads. It's something about, you came up with your own kind of definition for it? Yeah. Um, so, leads, is, uh, 
lead a lead is a uh, a unit of demand, yeah. right? Uh, but we're really we're in the business of generating demand. Mm -hmm. It just can come in different units for different companies. Mm -hmm. We our unit like of demand. One could be a, a demo request versus a uh, you know versus a free tool. Try a free tool versus goes to an event, goes to webinar. Those are all different. They're all different conversion Those rates. Those are all and, different types. Yeah. yeah. So what we have is instead of leads, we have an alert. Yep. And an alert is a um, it's an engagement, a type of engagement that we either create as marketing or detect as marketing, mm. and it happens on an owned account. Mm -hmm. So our our sales team sells in a named account strategy, mm -hmm. and they have a lot of named accounts. Mm -hmm. This isn't like Fortune 50. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the Fortune 50,000. Yep. Um, but those accounts are assigned. They're yep. in territory and they're named. Yep. Marketing gets credit yep. when we generate an alert, a type yep. of engagement on one of those owned accounts. Yep. There are three types of alerts, and the types are designated by. Did you uh, come up with this? This is a new thing that you guys yeah, have this is what okay. we came up with. I like it. And the, the types are um, stratified by historical conversion rates. So we have same day alerts. The name of the alert type is the SLA. Same-day alert means, as a sales rep, you got to touch them the same day. And what's an example of it? Is that like a demo request or something? Demo like request, okay. same-day alert. Okay. Uh, the, at the low end, same-day alerts have a 6% alert to conversion rate, alert yep. to operate. Yep. At the high end, like 18%. Yeah. So in that band yep. is uh, same-day alert, and yep. they've got 24 hours to follow up. Yep. Actually, close a business, 24 hours of happens after 4 p.m. Yep. The next one down is next day alerts. These mm -hmm. are three percent to six percent mm -hmm. conversion rate. So you might get it that day, and as a rep, this is hey tomorrow. Here's what you're gonna do. And yep. you can follow up that day, yeah. but the you're SLA not gonna get roughed up yep. if you do it the next day. Yep. And then the third type is we call a check alert, and that might be we send a piece of direct mail. Yeah, it'd be kind of weird to call somebody and say hey, you get that coffee right. cup. Um, Just checking in. Checking are you in are you measuring? Are you tracking intent from like other sources outside of your website too? Um, like you said, because you said there's a you said there's two types of marketing alerts, right? One of them is somebody did something with you, and then or you detected that something else. Yes, yeah, so that's a good question. Yes, so um, you know when you think of lead gen, mm. you think marketing only gets credit if it produced a lead. If somebody filled out that form, if yeah. you hoodwinked somebody into yeah. giving you their personal information, they didn't uh -huh. say Mickey Mouse at Disneyland.com, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. uh, we also like we. My job is to try to help sales close deals faster. Yep. And so we use data providers that give us signal as to if one of those 50,000 accounts is doing something that our sales team should be interested in. Yep. For example, yep. if you are if you're uh, um, looking at our competitors on G2 Crowd. Yep. And Same thing. Um, you're looking at a competitor to Insight Squared on G2 Crowd. That information gets fed into our CRM, triggers an alert. That's yep. a next day alert, has yep. a high conversion rate, yep. and they have to follow up within yep. uh, 24, within essentially by the close business the next day. Yep. That was a product that G2 Crowd productized yeah. that 100% came from our request based on our alerting huh. system. That came from you? Yeah. We use that. It's amazing. Yeah. So I called uh -huh. them 
and they said they were mon they were productizing like we'll send you a list of people that are looking at your listing. Yeah. My response is I don't really care if they're looking at my listing. I mean I do, but right. they're probably on my website too. Right. I probably alerted on they've alerted another way. You know what I want to know? Right. Are they looking at Brand X's listing? Right. That would be interesting for right. me. And they said, Would you pay for it? And I yeah. said, Starting tomorrow. Sure. It's the only thing so, I'll pay for. So is that a demand gen your demand gen person owns that as a channel? Our ops person owns that because uh, our ops person owns the tech stack yeah. and it's an API partnership and so she yep. is responsible for the API. I could we could talk about a minute. I have one more question on this, then I want to go the other. So then you have you have these buckets by conversion rate. Yep. And so you have your next day alert is three to six percent conversion rate. Could that be multiple sources as long as they convert between three and six percent and they get in that bucket? Yeah. Okay. So it could be a webinar, it could be an event. The conversion rate is what you use to say you know, whatever, six to sixteen, three to six, and then zero to create to, the tranche. Yeah, yeah. But what we're gonna we just rolled this out. I like this that. Like V2. No, I like that a lot. We just rolled this out. What we're gonna do next yeah. is we've got to figure out now is yeah. like, are there too many in one bucket? Yeah. And you know, there's no magic. Six is not a magic number here. Right. It's just we looked at a histogram and it looked right. like because it could be it could be a one percent conversion rate, but a rep is gonna have to touch all of those, yeah. which is not gonna work. The trick uh, here, the yeah. the secret to all of this is um, the check alert. So the the last tier is a check alert. Uh -huh. And it means like you, there's no SLA. Yeah. You don't have to follow up on this. Yep. But we strongly encourage you. But to I bet check you, if you look at your best reps, if you look at your best reps, the percentage of them that are that that are doing the check stuff is probably. Or if you're on plan and you're not using your check alerts, well, like. Are you really in it? Are you really hustling? Are you really trying to close deal? Like the check alerts is a form of marketing entrapment. If you're not <laughs> checking them, you mean if you're on plan, like you could be hitting your, you could be blowing the number if, out. If you if were you're, on a, plan, oh, on a performance plan, yeah, performance yeah, plan, it's a great yeah. tool for management to yeah. say, like, look, they're on a performance plan, but they're yeah. rummaging around these check yeah. alerts. They're doing the right thing. Uh -huh. That person is going to keep their job. I love it. If they're on a perform performance plan and they're complaining about pipe and yeah. marketing's not giving support and they're not rummaging around this tranche, then are they in the blame game right. or are they really trying to close right. deals? Because it's, it's an easy game if you only work the leads that close at 16%. Like, that's what we all want to do. Exactly. So this is exactly why I want to do this because this is the deep stuff. All right, one more thing then you got to go. How did you, you transitioned your career as a marketing leader from like content guy to like now you do AB, now, you're, now your thing is ABM. And I, don't, I think of you as your CMO. ABM is your channel now, but like, what was the transition from being this content leader to having to going to a company and having to basically throw out the playbook that got you to where you're at? Yeah, um, I was conflicted. Uh, was that like a holy shit moment, or did you know like if I want to keep growing, this is what I got to do? Like, I just want to solve a problem for the business. Yeah, and that content model. Uh, it was the wrong model for Inside Squared. Yeah. You know, but also you did, you, you like, because I, before I knew you, I knew you because I was reading your stuff, I was following what you, what you were doing, speaking, whatever. I think content was the channel at the time, like 2008 to 2012 ish was like a sweet spot, which is like you could grow a massive funnel on content. Today, Everybody has a blog, everybody has a podcast, everybody has video, there's so much noise and content. Nobody's at home being like, you know what I wish I had? I wish I had more content from brands. So it's, I think there are two dimensions to this and you've nailed one of them. Like with each new blog that gets spun up, it becomes incrementally more difficult for your signal to be heard. Yep. Um, and especially if you're marketing to sales and marketing yeah. where like those industries have really been, uh, there's a lot of noise. In so that. much. The second mm -hmm. is the nature of the business itself. You know, the, the content model makes most sense when you have an enormous addressable market. Uh, because 
you don't have that many false negatives. If you can sell to anybody, then anybody who comes to your blog is a potential prospect. Right. If you're my father-in-law right. who sells software in nuclear power plants, it's a very constrained market, <laughs> uh -huh. right? And so most of the readers of his blog, if we were to have one, yeah. would be false positives yep. because it's such a specialized industry. Yep. Um, and so the difficulty is most companies are in the middle. Insight Squared is in the middle. Say our addressable market is 50,000 accounts. Yeah. You know, a blog is helpful yeah. for brand. Yeah. A blog is helpful for um, building community. Mm -hmm. But it cannot be long-term your primary lead source mm -hmm. in the way that it is if you're, you know, a HubSpot that mm -hmm. has an enormous addressable market. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I equipped once that the... Um, um, HubSpot doesn't care if you're Mack Trucks or a guy named Mack with a truck. Right? They'll sell <laughs> right. to both of you. And, you. and the product can work for both people. And yeah. We care very yeah. deeply yeah. if you, you're Mack Trucks You need to Mac find the 50,000 companies with a sales ops person yep. in the U.S. or whatever. That has, yeah. you know, uh, a board that expects fast growth, yep. that looks for very yep. specific yep. types of reporting, yep. very specific yep. So that makes it obvious. Like, that's where you're going to start, right? What, where, so how do you think of... It's not that you're not doing, you're not creating content. You still care about your brand. Like, how do you figure out where, how to invest in content? Yeah, the, um, the, we look at it as, I, the, the, the theme, our sort of internal ethos is content that serves multiple masters. So I need to create a piece of content. Like in the, in the content marketing world, they would talk about atomize your content and it would be like, on a blog and then simplified for Twitter mm -hmm. and then it can be a brand's yeah. Facebook post and mm -hmm. then Medium came along and yeah. you know summarize it on Medium. Yeah. It's the same idea yeah. but it's not atomizing it so much as saying I need content mm. that there is a version of it for the blog yep. but then there is a more product relevant version of it for the sales yep. team and then a heavily like how-to version of it for the customer team. Yep. So it's not about atomizing yep. it in the way that like adapting it for different yeah. channels yeah. but think about marketing as an overlay across the entire customer journey. That's essentially what those four pieces were that I, I talked about yeah. and if it's an overlay on top of the entire customer journey and I have limited resources, yeah. I need a piece of content to be adaptable to multiple stages. What else should we talk about before you go? I'm good. Um, what is uh, what's one thing that's still driving you nuts in, in marketing? Like when you see it, I look at um, that that forms the the form stuff and yeah. that, um, that leads that top of funnel has sucked up all the air in the room. Makes me crazy. Um, it, that, that makes me nuts. Um, what else? You know, I'll tell you a really good piece of advice I got. Yeah, give me some and advice. And I think about this. I think about this a lot. Like, especially take Drift. You guys are growing really quickly. Yeah. Um, I remember I said to my former CEO um, when I was at Eloqua, um, for a while I reported to him. And I, I was grousing about, like, my workload or something. And he asked about how I was um, doing, calling, uh, how I was performing in uh, hiring. Like I had a number of open recs and he was asking how close I was to filling them. And I was like, Joe, I can't get to those. I have all these other things to do. And he said, you're upside down on this. Mm. The only thing that matters is hiring the right people. Mm. You hire the right people and everything else falls into place. And I was like, oh, he's got a really good I love, I love it. If you, that on top of what you said to me when you were outside, which is like the micromanaging piece, like those are the two things to unlock, I feel like, right? Like the right people and then letting them do what they were hired to do. And then your job is almost like the GM that has to move around the right pieces. 
but you're not out. You're not batting. You know, you're not in the lineup, right? You're, well, if you don't get the people, you have to. You have to be. But then that's a problem. Because yeah. then if you're, when you're in the lineup, you don't have, you become a bottleneck. You don't have the bandwidth to actually do it, right? Like you have. And then it throws you though. That, all right. So let's say you succeed at extracting yourself from the lineup. Sure. Now, now this is the time where we do sports metaphors. Okay. That's and fine. Everybody rolls that's their fine. eyes. That's right? fine. Um, but you, you become the GM yep. and you are hovering above it and you're just like moving around players, yep. right? Yep. It's really hard then to figure out if you're doing a good job or not mm. because you've grown up judging yourself by batting average, on base percentage, home runs, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, like, none of those apply to you. Mm -hmm. and that's one of the areas that new managers and new GMs, if you will, struggle, because all of a sudden you have different metrics, and the old metrics are more familiar, and so you start to seep back into the players on the field. Mm. Okay, one thing before we go. How do you balance, you are your busy exec at a, at a company, you have a growing family. Like, do you have? Do you believe in this like work-life balance? Is it, is it the Jeff Bezos circle? Is it like what? How do you how do you battle it? You ready for? Yeah, I'm ready. I want to know. Before? Yeah. Like, this is the one I go yeah. by, and I'm not saying it's right. Like, one night I um I was like uh, driving late at night, and yeah. I heard this uh, radio show on where it was like Ask a Veterinarian, and this woman called, and she said, "I have two bulldogs." <laughs> this is true. I believe and it. She's like. I can't stop them from fighting. Yeah. And I'm afraid they're going to hurt each other. And she was really upset. Yeah. And the vet said, good news, bad news. Good news is I got an answer. Bad news is you ain't going to like it. Yeah. And so the answer was, let them fight. Yeah. One of them's going to win. Yep. They generally won't hurt each other. Yep. And then it gets worse. Yep. The one that wins eats first. Yep. The one that wins gets let out the door first. Yep. You reinforce that hierarchy. They are comfortable with the hierarchy. Yep. Um, I think that family and work, unless you let one of them win, mm. will always tear each other apart. Mm. And you've got to pick the one that wins and then feed that one first. Mm -hmm. um, I reach a juncture in my career when I verbalize like family comes first. Yeah. And I try to feed it first. I try to spend my time there first. And I don't feel guilty about it anymore. Yeah, I like that. All right, let's. Uh, that's a perfect place to wrap. You got to go. It's been great.